North Star is a place where everybody's welcome, nobody's perfect, and say it with me, both campuses, anything is possible. Uh, I loved when I hear testimonies of people who say, you know, I'm thankful that North Star is a place where everybody is welcome. The very DNA of North Star, we exist so that those that are far from God can draw near to him, will draw near to him through the power of Jesus Christ. We welcome those that are joining us online, either live now or at some future date. It's awesome to have you guys. Somebody told me the other day they were watching us from the beach. Yeah, I said, right, right. What did I have to say? And they really were, but that's pretty cool. We uh, just went live at... uh, at our Saltillo campus. Make some noise for those guys over there. Yep, yep. All right. I got a lot to say today. Uh, before I get into the, the message part, though, um, this week has been a great week. We, we had a, a tremendous time of fellowship in the park. It was awesome. Just hanging out with you guys and uh, it was really fun. And then, of course, Monday was Memorial Day and And I just want to say today um, how thankful we are for those that have given the ultimate sacrifice that laid down their lives for our freedom and for our nation. And uh, yeah, just, just clap, right. My father served in World War II in the, in the, uh, in Germany. And, uh, but he survived that, but so many don't survive, and so many have given that sacrifice, and for them, we, we indeed are thankful. Well, Father's Day is just around the corner, and on Father's Day, we're having a shirt drive, new shirt drive. You uh, bring a t-shirt, a polo, or a button-down, and there are various different ministries in our area that we are going to take those shirts to so that uh, men can, who need a shirt or who need a shirt for a job interview or whatever the circumstances are. Isn't it awesome that, guys, isn't it, isn't it a change, like, uh, for Father's Day, instead of us getting all of stuff for us? Somebody's probably saying, well, speak for yourself, man. I, I'm looking for a new grill. Well, that's cool. But bring a shirt on that day, and everybody be here on Father's Day because it's going to be a really, really special, special day for our fathers. All right? Be sure and do that. Also, this week is communion at the Saltillo campus. It's going to be awesome. We, I love it when, when our church uh, shares in times of communion. You know, I've said this before, but... Jesus never asked us to remember his birthday. Of course we do, Christmas. But he did say, when, when you do this, do it in remembrance of me. And so that's this Wednesday night at the Saltillo campus. And then listen, one other thing. One other thing. Summer blast. Parents, get your kids registered for summer blast. It's going to be a blast. All right, it's going to be good. And so be sure that you've uh, got your kids registered for, for that. All right, we just ended the Awakening series, and 
Today, I, I want to talk about something that is both good news and bad news. Are you ready? Okay. I'm going to talk about something that today is both good news and bad news. Are you ready? Okay, well, I mean, I'm beginning to think. No, you're not ready. But, uh, yeah, okay, so good news is, you ready? Good news is, we're rich. I know you're thinking, uh, you're not talking about me. I'm, I work two jobs and barely make ends meet. Well, let me just go with me today, because I know I'm right on this. Um, we're rich. If you make... $33,000 a year, you were rich. You were richer. You're in the top 1% of, of wage earners in the world. Now, before you challenge me in, in your mind and, and disagree, uh, I've been to third world nations, and the cost of gasoline, I know people say, well, the cost of living is so low, and uh, they don't pay as much. Uh, I know school teachers in other countries that make $300 a month, rice field laborers that make $5 or less a day. If you make $33,000 a year, you're in the top, according to globalrichlist.com, uh, you're in the top 1% of wage earners in all the world. I mean, seriously, I mean, we have houses for our cars that are bigger than some people's houses in the world, including in the United States. We have houses for our animals. Some of our animals live in our house, and so they've really got it good. Can I get an amen? If you make $80,000, you're in the top one-tenth percent of that one percent. And you may be thinking, well, I wish I did make $80,000. Well, the truth is, we're rich. We're rich. In, Indone in Indonesia, if you make $33,000 a year, it would take someone in Indonesia... 44 years to make what you make. If you make $33,000 a year, one month salary of that salary would pay 144 doctors in Pakistan. One month of your salary would pay the salary of 144 doctors in Pakistan. So, the truth is, we are rich. But the bad news is, we are rich. If you are rich, if we are rich, number one, it is more difficult to depend on God. Now, I want you to understand, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with having stuff. <laughs> All right, I got stuff, probably going to get some more stuff. All right? If if I, if the if the the trend keeps happening, it's not wrong to have it. It's wrong when it has you. Are you with me? It's not wrong to have it. Good. I'm glad you make a lot of money. 
uh, I just want you to let God be the priority of your life. Because what happens is, um, when, when we're rich, it's more difficult to depend on God. Number two, when we're rich, it distracts us from the most important priority. And that's God. When we have a lot, you may think, well, 33 grand is not a lot, but when we have a lot, when we're rich, I mean, you're making enough money in a month to pay 144 doctors, uh, it will tend to, if you're not careful, it will distract you from the most important priority. And that is, that is God. Number three, when you're rich, God expects you to do more. When you're rich, God expects you to do more. You have a greater responsibility. I don't know why I was born in America, uh, a land of freedom and riches, and I have friends in various other different countries that are just as happy, but they don't have anything, and they were not born here. And I do realize that there are people born even in America that don't have a lot because we have what is called the poverty level. But what I'm talking about today is not just uh, having it, but it having you. And this is not like a, a tithing sermon. That, that'll come another day. But this is about um, how wealth is deceiving. And that's what we're going to talk about. Because you see... I'm rich, and that's bad because it's good, but it's bad. It's bad because it causes me not to depend on God. It causes me to be distracted from what should be the priority in my life. And I realize that God is expecting more for me. I'm rich. The bad news is I'm rich. And let me just tell you what that means. Um, we deal with uh, rich people problems. Rich people problems. You ready for this? I couldn't get my hair appointment on Saturday like I requested. That's a rich person's problem. I couldn't get my nails done, guys, girls. I mean, lighten up just a little bit. Um, Rich people problems is um, I only have one and a half bath in my house. Rich people problems is they put pickles on my hamburger when I went through the drive-thru and I told them not to. That's rich people problems. Rich people problems is I was in the bathroom and I could not get my Wi-Fi to work where I could send a text or an iMessage. I'm thinking, why are you texting in the bathroom in the first place? But that's just me. Uh, I'm not going to borrow your phone. But um, rich people problems. I, I don't have Wi-Fi when I'm in the backyard drinking out of my Yeti. That's rich people problems. And so today what we're going to talk about is based on one passage of Scripture, and then we're going to look at a few other ones in Mark chapter 4. If you have your Bibles or smartphones, turn to that passage, Mark chapter 4, beginning with verse 
19, uh, 18, Mark chapter 4, beginning with verse 18, verse 18 and 19. Jesus says, still others, like seeds sown among thorns, hear the word, but the worries of this life, notice the next part, the deceitfulness of wealth and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Just back up and, and let me read that part of verse 19 once again. The deceitfulness of wealth, the desires for other things come in and choke out the word, making it unfruitful. So today we're going to talk about how wealth is, will deceive us. It will make us think things that we should not think, and it will actually take hold of us. I wonder, uh, have you ever been to an arcade? Uh, I haven't been to them very, I don't like frequent them or anything. It's not like, I, I just can't wait to get there or anything, but I've been to an arcade, and, and uh, when my kids were small, we would go and, and um, uh, maybe on vacation or to a place that serves uh, pizza while you're arcading, and they would play those games. Now, they would, um, uh, as they would play the, the, the games, those machines would spit out what? Anybody know? Oh, come on, have you ever been to an arcade? If you haven't, you, I'll take you. But when you, you spend a little bit of money, and you win like 10,500 tickets and the, I see the faces of kids as they uh, as they as it, those machines start spitting out the tickets and they 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 know what they're going to be able to do with them they're going to be able to to spend them on something very very valuable and if you don't watch them carefully, they'll steal somebody else's tickets because there's something about having all of these tickets with you. And all of that to win a keychain or, or, or an eraser. Jesus said in the book of Matthew, he said in, in chapter 6, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. He didn't say prosperity. He didn't say personality or position. He said, you can't serve God and money. Now, as we grew into adulthood, we, we had all of these tickets, those things that we thought were going to make us happy, the things that we thought that were going to bring security, even though it was like a little eraser. And our tickets began to look like this. I hope the security is good today in, in the service. Um, our tickets went from looking like this to looking like this. 
And just as a kid in an arcade was excited about winning the tickets, these are now, or these have become our tickets. And we think that if we have enough of these, that it will provide us happiness. We think if we have enough of these, that it will provide us security. But I'll tell you this, you get a whole bag, a whole big stack of these, and let your child get sick, and then you realize what's most important to you is not this stack of tickets. While Jesus said you can't serve God and money, in the same passage in Matthew chapter 6, he says this, he says, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and vermin destroy and where thieves break through and steal, but store up for yourself treasures in heaven where moth and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. Jesus said, this is not what I said, but this is what Jesus said. He said, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. You see, the world wants you to serve money. That's why Jesus said you can't serve God and money. The world, the culture we live in, just drive down the, 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 the street and look at the advertisement. It's like unreal. I've seen some advertisements that cause me to blush. Yeah. And, and so... Everything in our society and everything in our culture, as far as the world view is concerned, wants us to serve money. But Jesus says you, you can't serve money. This is what I know, and write this in your notes. And that is that money promises you, or riches promises you what only God can give you. Money promises what only God can give you. Only God can give you happiness. The Bible says, and the joy of the Lord is my strength. He's the one that brings happiness to my soul, happiness to my life. This money will never bring happiness to my life. So money, riches, you make $33,000 a year, you're in the top 1% of wage earners in the world, you're rich. The bad news is, you're rich because it, it promises us things that only God can provide. Only God can provide happiness. Only God can provide security. But yet, if we allow it, and this is not to say you can't have it, you can't have nice things. It's just that those nice things must not have you. That those things must not control your life. Um, I think it's a lesson that we have to learn. And hopefully we learn it sooner rather than later because uh, later it becomes more difficult. If the Bible says in um, 1 Timothy chapter 6, he, Paul was writing to Timothy and he said to Timothy, he said, look, look when you're dealing with rich folk, they, they're a different crowd. Of course, we're rich, right, in Jesus Christ. And Paul said, um, 
when you're, when you're talking to rich people, this is what I want you to say. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, not to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good. Do you hear what he's saying? He says, command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to, to share. Uh, this is what I know, and put this in your notes. God has blessed me with more than I need, more than I deserve. God has blessed me with more than I need. I am rich. I will not trust in riches, but in him who so richly provides. Now, just uh, uh, not for me just to read this. I want us to read this together, all right? Let's just read it out loud together. It's, it's like a confession. All right, you ready? God has together. Here we go. Some of you got it. All right, let's read it together. Both campuses. God has blessed me with more than I need. I am rich. I will not trust in riches, but in him who richly provides. You don't have to repeat it this time. But I, I want to kind of break that statement down. Just leave it up for just a moment. Uh, God has blessed me with more than I need. It didn't take long uh, for a, a mission trip experience. My first mission trip overseas to Asia was incredible. Uh, I lost 25 pounds. I was hiking and, and taking the gospel to the unreached peoples. And I'm telling you, they had absolutely nothing. Uh, a few years later, I, I brought one of my friends from that country to stay with me. And I'm telling you, I don't have this lavish, this huge house, but uh, I, was, I was really nervous about him coming to my house. Say, like, why? Wasn't it clean? Yeah, it's, yeah, man, I, we keep a clean house. It's just that we have a toilet on the inside of our house where he has one on the outside of the house without running water, Rather, you flush with a bucket. So I'm thinking, for him to come to my house, I don't know why God has blessed America other than he's blessed America to be a blessing to others. And I can't help that people don't live the same way that I, that I live, but I'm just telling you, my heart, my life was changed, and, and he, was, he was cool with it. He got it. <laughs> He might have been thinking, I wish I had a bathroom like this, you know. Uh, I wish I had a shower uh, that worked. But he was, he was cool with it. We were very close friends. But it was very difficult for me because, yes, I've been blessed to be a blessing. God has blessed me. How many know that this statement is so true? God has blessed me with more than I need. Another life-changing experience was when I was uh, uh, also in Asia uh, hiking the Himalayas, discovering or locating a particular people's group, 
And one of the characteristics of this people's group was that they had only the clothes that they're wearing. And I'm thinking, our closets are full and we are renting buildings to put our storage in it. And that changed me. And so, uh, uh, it changed me. I'm not going to be any more transparent than that. God has blessed me with more than I need. I am rich. I will not trust in riches, but I will trust in the one who richly provides. The Bible says in the book of Ecclesiastes, uh, Ecclesiastes, chapter 5, verse 10, whoever loves money never has enough. Hello? Uh, ever who loves money never has enough. Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with their income. This too is meaningless. Now I want to give you uh, kind of like I <coughs> like I said uh, a while back. Uh, I, I'm really not into my message yet. I'm glad you're with me. But I'm not quite there. I, I, I've been on the sidewalk and on the front porch. Now we're going on the inside, okay? So here's number one. And I want you to write these in your notes. People who love and trust money. These are all statements about people who love and trust money. People who love and trust money, number one, according to the writer of Ecclesiastes, never have enough. I hear people say, and this is not, this, this message, believe it or not, you can talk about money and not talk about other church-related money topics like tithing and we need you to give and that kind of thing. This is not that kind of message. This is just a message on we're rich. That's good news and that's bad news. But people who love money, people who are putting their trust in these tickets, never seem to have enough. They never seem to have enough. You could ask somebody who's, who says, I, I, I would like to earn more. How much more money would you like to earn? It's always more. Uh, in reference to giving to the church, however, people will say things like, if, if I get that raise, then I'm going to start giving to the church. When I get that new job, I'm, then I'm going to start giving. To, when I pay the house off, I'm going to start giving to the church. And by the way, giving to the church is not the only thing that, that I'm referencing today. Uh, I think you're supposed to, I totally believe and, and know the Bible teaches to bring your tithes, that's 10%, to the storehouse. This is not a tithing message. message. Um, so I bring my tithe to the storehouse. I also give, I try to give generously in the storehouse, but this is not the only place that I give. It's the starting place, but it's not the only place that I give. We're involved in other ministries, uh, literally around the world. And so, back to back to people who love and trust money. People who love and trust money never have enough. So I, I just can't make my, uh, I, we can't make it the, our ends meet. Uh, on occasion, I've been asked to give counsel, financial counseling. Uh, I'm not the best financial counselor. Uh, in fact, uh, I'm so ADD, you probably don't want me, but um, there was a time in 
in our lives, Marla and I, where we were in debt, and our, our debt had us. This is many years ago, and I received some financial coaching and financial counseling, and I've been on a certain plan uh, ever since. It's called um, Dave Ramsey. That's what I call it. I don't know if it has a particular name. Financial Peace. And um, we discovered that we were not living within our means. Occasionally, I will talk to somebody, and they, they really want to do right. They really want to get out of debt. Well, tell me what your, your expenses are. Well, I've got electric, yeah, you've got to have electricity, water, uh, gas. We have a house payment, have uh, a car payment, uh, have a boat payment. I'm not saying you shouldn't have a boat, but I'm saying if you're not living within your means, that's wrong. So you might have, it may be that you got too much stuff. Okay, so, so do you have cable? Oh, yeah, we could do without cable. We could do without electricity. We can't do without cable. Which package do you have? Well, we have the, the deluxe, super premium deluxe package. And it's like killing us, man. I know it's killing you. That's why you should disconnect it. Oh, wait. Whoa. T is talking to us today about disconnecting something. Yeah, if you're not living within your means and you're not being generous and you're not giving to God, yes, that's what I'm saying. There were times in our marriage that we were trying to get our finances where God wanted them to be and we did disconnect things. In fact, in fact, I discontinued uh, uh, not to get out of debt because we were already... We were already living financially responsible, but when we started North Star, I'm telling you, uh, we knew that going into the starting of North Star, we were going to have to give above uh, to, to seed the, the ministry and to seed the work, if that's the right word. There were some things that we discontinued because we were, we were convinced that we were going to live within our means. And... Uh, the point I was, was trying to make is people that love and trust money never have enough. And God is the only one that can give you enough. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 11. Anybody listening today? Y'all receiving this? All right, good, good. I'm going to keep preaching it then. Here we go. Proverbs, I'm going to keep preaching it anyway, but I'm glad you're receiving it. Verse 11 says, the wealth of the rich is... Their fortified city, that, that's what their riches is. They imagine it a wall too high to scale. So the second thing that I want to share with you about people who love and trust money is that people who love and trust money find it increasingly difficult to give big. I want to say it again. They find it increasingly difficult to give big. Hey, by the way, did you know that the more money somebody makes, the less that they give to charitable organizations? The, less that, the more that somebody makes, the less that they give to the church. That, that is insane. That is crazy. Uh, if you make uh, $100,000, 10% is 10000 If you make a million, that's 100000 And when you, when, you, when you get to that point, people say, man, I, that's a lot of money. 
okay, well, I'm going to pray. You're right. I'm going to pray that God would make you make less money so you can feel all warm and fuzzy about it. Amen. Yeah, don't, no, don't pray that, preacher. Uh, people who love and trust money find it increasingly difficult to give big. Now, let me explain that. Giving big is relative. It's different. Giving big for me is maybe look different than you, uh, what it looks like to you. Uh, the woman in the Bible, the widow, who came and brought her offering, it was two pennies, all right? But, but she was giving big. She gave of what she had. Oftentimes we say when we give to the church, it's not equal gifts, it's equal sacrifice. The tithe, of course, is the starting place. But um, people who love and trust money, who, who have all of these tickets and they want more tickets, I mean, who doesn't want more? I mean, it's not wrong to, to work hard. It's not wrong to achieve. It's not. It's not wrong to have a savings account, a retirement fund. I wish mine was bigger. And um, it's not wrong to have it. It's just wrong when it has you. And people... Uh, don't don't give big. I I want I want to give big. I, you're not going to know when I give big. You're not going to know uh, most likely when I when I give big. And by the way, giving is more than just money. It's giving of your time, your talents. I don't begrudge coming uh, and serving, going on a mission trip. I don't begrudge that. You take vacation time to do it. I don't begrudge that because I'm giving giving of myself to the Lord. And uh, I want to give big. Now this church is a very generous church. I meant to make reference to this a moment ago. This, is, this church uh, is, is generous in, in this community. I can't wait till this fall when we do Love Your City. Man, I've already been praying through some of those messages. And um, this church is a going church. I meant to mention this earlier. This summer, uh, we're going to go our church is going to uh, the four different places. There's a group in a few weeks going to Haiti. There's a group um, in just a few weeks that's going to uh, Southeast Asia. There's, there are individuals that are that will be sharing the gospel in uh, Utah. Uh, Katie, one of our members, just left Friday to go to China. I, I'm thankful that we have a church that's, that's, that gives and that loves uh, God and um, is generous. Back to giving big. Put that back up if you would. Uh, somebody that loves and trusts in money finds it ever increasingly difficult to give big, to volunteer their time. I am too busy. I, I teach school all day. I don't want to work with kids on Sunday. I work hard six days a week, and I'm, I, I just want to sleep in some Sundays. Uh, giving of their commitment, giving of their tickets uh, to the Lord. Now, Paul was writing in 2 Corinthians chapter 8. You want to turn there, 2 Corinthians chapter 8. And he, he talks about this in verses 2 and three. It says, in the midst of, of a very severe trial, he's talking to the church at Corinth, 
He says, in the midst of a, um, a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave, listen to this, they gave as much as they were able and even beyond, gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability entirely on their own. First Timothy chapter 6 verse 17. First Timothy chapter 6 verse 17 says, Command those that are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, not to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our own enjoyment. Command them to be to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. Number three, those that love and trust money have money in the bank, but no peace in their heart. They have money in the bank, no peace in their heart. They have a hard time giving big. They never have enough. They got a lot of tickets, but they haven't got peace in their heart. You know, there, um, for many of you, I just want to put this in perspective. For many of you, you make more money right now thinking that you don't make much money than your parents ever made in their life. In fact, there are people around you at both of our campuses. There are people around you who make much less than you do, but they're living within their means. And they're able to to, um, have their money serve them rather than them serve their money. And I just want to close out this message by, let me say this, there are more verses on giving in the New Testament than there are about prayer, about faith, almost about anything else. And you know why? Because we have a giving God. For God so loved the world that he, what? Gave. We have a loving God who first gave us his son that we could have eternal life. So, I close this message today by saying, put God as number one in your life and see if he doesn't bless you. Because I know he will. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things shall be added unto you. Father, thank you for today and thank you for the the word of God that's rich and powerful and it speaks to us, God, in our everyday lives. 
Maybe today you realize that you've never given your heart to Jesus Christ. And I want to give you an opportunity today just to say yes to him. The Bible says, Whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you've never done that, it's just, it's just saying yes. It's putting your trust in him. You can articulate that from your heart. You can articulate that through prayer and just say, God, I need you. I believe in you. I believe you died for me and that you rose from the grave on the third day. I turn from my sins. I repent and I turn to you, Lord Jesus. Come into my life. I, I put my trust in you and in you alone. I follow you today. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Listen, if you've if you made that decision today, putting your trust in Jesus Christ, would you take your hand out before the service is over and would you indicate on there that you invited Christ into your life? Then you can bring that to guest services or put it in the bucket as you leave. Maybe your prayer today is, Lord, help me to always keep you first place in my life. I'm going to ask that at both of our campuses, everyone, just please stand with me. I want to pray this prayer over you. Heavenly Father, thank you for today and thank you for just the, the fresh reminder, even to myself, that I have been blessed with more than I need, that I'm rich. And I'm not going to put my trust in these riches, but I'm going to put my trust in the one who richly provides. I pray, Heavenly Father, for everyone listening today. I pray, God, that thanking you for how, God, you've spoken in different ways, just exactly the way we needed to hear it. And I just pray, God, that as we have these closing moments of worship, that you would be glorified. And God, thank you for meeting us here today. Thank you for your, your love in this name.